Welcome to the Padres Chair, an insightful commentary on current reality, presented by Dr. Tim Schroeder. Sometimes controversial, always reflective, the Padres Chair will consistently nudge you to consider current reality through the lens of truth contained in the Holy Scriptures, and will always move toward the piercing two-word question, so what? Here's Tim with today's topic. One promise I can make about today's podcast is that there will be no ambiguity. You might love it or hate it, but there is no chance you'll misunderstand it. The title pretty much says it all. If you love God, if you embrace the notion of living your life the Jesus way, then for goodness sake, if you're medically able, when your turn comes, roll up your sleeve and get the vaccine. The the impetus for speaking so directly on this subject did not emerge from a single source or experience. Rather, it is the result of multiple conversations and observations. Not a few, but many people who passionately claim to live their life the Jesus way have described with a wink-wink, nudge-nudge how they circumvented the health orders over the Christmas and New Year season. Some even went so far as to describe elaborate strategies they used to ensure their larger-than-permitted gatherings went undetected. Others have openly declared that they are healthy and strong, so in their mind, even if they should contract COVID, they'll almost certainly have a mild case, not much worse than a common cold. So they have no intention whatsoever of either adhering to restrictions or being vaccinated. A few Not many, but a few have even suggested that it's all a conspiracy of some sort and that the Google site they visited knows better than a myriad of medical experts. I need to add that for the most part, these are not uneducated people. They know that at the turn of the year, more than 15,000 Canadians have died from COVID. They know that 1.82 million have died worldwide. And they know that one doesn't need to display symptoms to be contagious. That someone could easily, unknowingly pass the virus to grandpa or to the young mom down the street who's battling breast cancer and whose immune system is badly compromised. They're also aware of the social and financial costs of the disease and that unless society-wide we get a handle on it soon... Another young or not-so-young family up the street who've already been off work for months could lose their home. They know all this and somehow still have not come to care enough to consider the role their behavior plays and the impact it has on others. Where I'm forced to severely bite my tongue is when the conversation elevates and these same folk rather boldly assert First, that God doesn't want them to be afraid of the virus. And second, that their rights, including their religious freedom rights, are being violated by all the rules, leading them to conclude that they have no moral, ethical, or spiritual need to do what almost all respected medical professionals, public leaders, and the law says they should. Somehow, and I have no idea how, but somehow they fail to see the massive disconnect 
between asserting their own rights to live as they please without regard to the impact it has on others and their claim to want to live the Jesus way. In the minutes to follow, I'll not offer any medical advice, nor will I appeal to scientific data or legal perspectives. There are others far more credentialed in those areas whose counsel ought to be sought. But what I do understand, and what I will talk about, is the Christian faith rooted in the life of Jesus Christ and the Holy Scriptures. And I will boldly assert that anyone who seriously claims to want to live the Jesus way needs to elevate their thinking above personal convenience, preference, or rights and do everything possible to safeguard the well-being of their neighbor. Now, before getting to the practical application part of my case, let me first underscore a core ingredient to living life the Jesus way. It is so central to his life and to the teaching of the scriptures about him that it's impossible for anyone who claims to be a follower of his to miss. St. Paul put it in bold terms in the second chapter of his letter to the Philippians. It reads like this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Remember, I said at the outset, you might not like this podcast and you might disagree, but there's no way you'll misunderstand it. Paul here is crystal clear. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You can't dodge that. In your relationships with one another, Paul says, your rights don't count. Jesus had the right to be equal with God the Father. He had the right to not come to earth. He had the right to not die on a cross. But he surrendered his rights for the good of everyone else. And that, says Paul, is the mindset his followers need to embrace. You see, it really doesn't matter whether I wanted an unaltered Christmas or New Year's, or whether I'm in desperate need of of a good vacation. It doesn't matter whether I'm healthy and at low risk, because it's not about me and my rights. It's about the well-being of everyone. Now, in case you don't like Paul's take on this, Jesus himself put it even more succinctly. He said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Jesus way has little to nothing to do with rights. It has to do with sacrifice and surrender and service. That truth is inescapable. Now, that's the foundation on which I now want to call you to a very practical application. Again, those of you who like to follow talks like this with an open Bible, you might want to flip it open to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, 
or another version of the very same story, which is found in Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. The setting of this story is intriguing. Jesus was engaged in a Q&A session with a broad cross-section of people. First, you'll, you'll notice this in Mark 12, verse 13, that some Pharisees and Herodians tried to trap him by asking him a tax question. We haven't got time to go into the details. You should sometime. It's very interesting. But it had a lot to do with not upsetting the balance of power politically between the Jews and the Romans. And so they're trying to trip him up on a tax question. And Jesus' answer is classic and very well known. He said, hey, whose image is on the coin? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Brilliant. They had nothing else to say. Second group steps up to the mic. These guys were the Sadducees verse 18. Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, and so they fabricate a scenario about someone who was married seven times and were wondering who she would be married to in the afterlife. Like, who comes up with this stuff? I don't know, but Jesus doesn't bite. He simply says, hey, you guys clearly don't understand the resurrection because it's not about marriage. Now, while all this was going on, a scribe was standing in the shadows watching. The scribes are best described as doctors of the law. They're not simply jurists, but in today's equivalent, they might be the dean of the law school or president of the law society. And unlike the other two groups who just seem to want to trap Jesus, this fellow at least seems to pose a genuine question. Remember, he's he's a lawyer, so he's going to talk about the law. Verse 28, Jesus, he says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? That's not an idle question. The Jews had 613 laws. 248 were positive, describing things you must do. 365 were prohibitions, things you must not do. And this legal scholar steps up to the plate and says, Jesus, of all we believe to be right and wrong, and we believe a lot, but of everything in the law, what matters most? And Jesus' answer is both classic and life-altering. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Concluding statement, there is no commandment, there is no commandment greater than these. There's nothing that matters more. And then it happens. Mark doesn't record this part, but Luke does. Luke 10, 29 Wishing to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who who does this apply to? Do you see what's going on here? Wishing to justify himself. He's trying to find a loophole in the Jesus way. He's trying to find a loophole in the most important commandment. And Jesus' answer to that is known the whole world over because this is the setting in which he tells the famous story of the Good Samaritan, who at great personal inconvenience, at personal cost, even at personal risk, reached out to someone totally unlike him and cared for that man's need. Anybody got any doubt where I'm going with this? I am not suggesting you follow COVID guidelines or that you get vaccinated to protect yourself. Doing that is just common sense. 
What I'm saying is that the Jesus way requires us to do these things even if we don't want to, even if they inconvenience us, cost us, and might even put us at risk. We do them for the sake of our neighbor. And I'm going further than that and saying that doing that is not just a mild suggestion. It's part two of what Jesus himself says is the most important law in the universe. You cannot claim to live the Jesus way and ignore the impact of your actions on the health and safety of others. Now, for just a few more minutes, let me play this out. If you really do want to live your life the Jesus way, doing so is going to have two significant impacts. First, it will impact your priorities in life. Those of you who either are or have been married will know that in marriage, if you're having an argument, let's just call a spade a spade, if you're having an argument with your spouse, there are two words the marriage communication experts say we should avoid. There's two words that are not helpful. And those words are never and always. You never listen to me. You're always late. You get the point. Marriage experts are quick to point out that using inflexible or absolute words like that tend to only heighten disagreement, right? They do in my house anyway. Well, here's a thought. You think Jesus knew that? Of course he did. He wasn't married, but he was God. I suspect he'd know minor details like that. Well, then the back of your mind, if you take a close look at this text, you'll immediately discover that it is packed full of absolute inflexible, volatile words and phrases. Phrases like, this is the most important. Words like commandment. In our liberated age, we chafe at the thought of something being a commandment. That's an infringement on our rights, but Jesus doesn't shy from that. He goes right at this legal expert. The first, the most important commandment is to love God with all you have, and a second is to Treat your neighbor as lovingly as you treat yourself. How I wish we had leaders today who would stop beating around the bush and cease trying to be so politically correct that they would say something this definitive. You simply cannot dodge what Jesus says. And the good part about it is that when you've got that kind of clarity, it enables you to orient every other part of your life around it. You know your priorities. You love God and you love your neighbor and you put everything else into place. And so the bottom line is, the question every person wants to embrace the Jesus way needs to ask these days is not how much can I get away with, not how much can I circumvent the inconvenience of the health orders. The real question is, how do my actions impact the most compromised or vulnerable among us? How do they impact my neighbor? It's a clear statement of priority. Second, and this really matters, how you're going to deal with this issue of health orders and vaccinations will impact your and our credibility and reputation as followers of Jesus. It's downright painful for me to see Christian leaders in churches attempting to circumvent health orders that are put in place for the common good. The destruction they do to Christian testimony is almost incalculable. 
It's sad but fascinating to observe that when Jesus said, love your neighbor, it's been met with the very same response from the first century right through to the 21st. People in every era have attempted to find loopholes through which they can not do it. And when you do that, when you look for the loopholes to not inconvenience yourself, to not incur costs, to not experience some risk, whenever you do that, the credibility and reputation as Christianity gets trashed. And every other Christian's reputation also pays the price. And when you do things the Jesus way, our reputations soar. You want proof? Just ask yourself, who is it in this story who gets remembered some 2,000 plus years later? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? Who in this day and age has garnered the greatest respect? Sports stars, entertainers, political leaders, or a person like Mother Teresa? You see, when all the trappings are stripped bare, all the religious jargon, all the appearances, the essence of loving God with your whole heart and loving your neighbor as yourself will always emerge as the best way to live and will produce the greatest amount of credibility. Friends, I'm not a political activist, nor am I a medical or legal expert, but I am a student of Jesus and of the Bible. And I am alert enough to realize that we are currently in the middle of the most significant crisis of my lifetime. People who are our neighbors are dying by the thousands, worldwide by the millions. And the most significant factor to change that is human behavior. Will we do what we need to do in regards to our gatherings and our willingness to roll up our sleeve? and take advantage of the best medical science has to offer? Or will we refuse, believing that as long as we can dodge getting seriously ill, that that counts as a win? For people who want to live the Jesus way, the answer is both clear and inescapable. Have this mindset, which was in Christ Jesus, says Paul, and surrender your rights for the sake of others. And in so doing, you will fulfill what Jesus says is one of the most important commandments ever given. So, one last time, for the love of God and neighbor, if you are medically able, roll up your sleeve and let's get this virus behind us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Padre's Chair. Bookmark the site for future episodes, and if you find The Padre's Chair helpful, Pass it on to those around you.